Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 151, Slippery Slope. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk sex, love, and commitment. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And 2013 is off to a fabulous start here in the DiLorenzo household. And I hope that you all are are excited about the start of this new year. I always feel, Tony and I were just talking about this the other day, it just always feels like a clean slate when yeah. the year rolls around and, and whatever happened last year happened last year and, and you have an opportunity on a daily basis with a new year to do things differently, to do things better, to make the changes that you desire in your marriage to make it truly extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And so it's our hope and our prayer that as 2013 starts, that as you were listening to some of the episodes from the end of last year, that you start to make those changes, create the marriage that you truly desire because great marriages don't just happen. That's the truth. You know, you see somebody that has a great marriage and you can, you just, they're firing on all cylinders. And I will tell you that that couple invests in their marriage every day. Yes. Because the ones that just look pretty on the outside, but are crumbling on the inside, that's where the laziness sets in that's where so much routine has set in that they've they've forgotten or they haven't chosen to take the time to invest in this relationship and they can you know let's face it folks we can all paint a pretty picture on the outside oh and it's so easy nowadays with social media yeah we put up the family you know the nice family pictures not the ones where everybody you know well in our case you know we joke about the family pictures because Right now, our children don't want to cooperate for family pictures. So, Tony and I have decided that we're just going to take pictures of the two of us. Right. Well, how many of you are just sweating like mad when you're trying to take those family photos? Really, just it, it is a difficult time, especially if you got kids that are involved that are just running around and not cooperating. And you're trying to get this beautiful portrait because you want to etch that in your memory and their memories for years to come. And really, it's about 30 minutes of heartache and screaming and yelling. And maybe you're not a screamer or a yeller, but... But then you have this beautiful picture, which, you know, people come to your house. I mean, we did this. We were at a football game the other night watching football at a friend's house. And they'd had this fabulous family picture. Um, They'd taken on vacation. It was a great picture. But that's kind of what prompted this little little bit of conversation here, that things often look good on the outside. In their case, things look good on the inside, too. But for many... You get, you know, especially this time of year when we've just gotten all these Christmas cards and, you know, everybody's got the smiling family picture. Um, it makes you wonder. Yeah. It makes us wonder. And partly that's because what we do. But, but the reality is, is that there are a lot of marriages that look pretty on the outside. And we know from those of you that write into us that things are not so pretty on the inside. And don't take that. I mean, don't take that harshly, folks. I mean, we just bring up stuff that is truth and honesty. 
And the reason being is because we want you to be able to go and look into yourselves and look into your marriages and, and honestly tell yourself and ask yourself, hey, what is happening? What is going on here that we can start changing, that we can start twisting and turning a little bit so that way we can get to a point where we don't have to walk around each other on eggshells anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, where we can we can speak our mind and speak what we feel and not worry about retaliation or rejection because that's what we want you to be able to do. And the only way you're able to do that is to hear the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. Absolutely. So if you're cringing and you're listening to that, it might just be the truth. And it's not something that you got to turn off the podcast and get upset about. It's, hey, maybe just take some time to look inward, introspective. Mm-hmm. What are you doing that is causing the marriage to have some strife in it. And that's tough. Believe me, that's tough. We've had to do it numerous times and many a times in our marriage and realize that we're the cause. (laughs) The person who is talking right now, I'm the cause of the strife and I need to rectify where I'm at. And that's a tough one to do. I mean, that's a blow to your ego. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to love, the ego needs to be set aside and we need to become servant lovers. Before we go any further, I want to say, if you have something that you would like to tell us about, reach out to us. You can call us at 858-876-5663, or you can email us at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Again, all phone calls, all emails are anonymous. Your name's not going to be said. Where you live isn't going to be even said. So feel free to tell us about those tough areas that you might be struggling with. But tell us about those success areas that you'd like to tell us about as well. And we do have a success story I'd like to to share with you guys because it, it ties in so nicely with what happened over the Christmas holiday mm-hmm. when we were talking about unwrapping each other, which if you haven't listened to, go back. It's episode 149. And we just share, and it doesn't even have to be just on Christmas Day or New Year's Day, but it can be during your vacation, mm-hmm. taking time to unwrap each other. So we got this this email. It says, Tony and Elisa, thank you so much for your words and stories building up marriages. Just wanted to let you know that even though I saw the Facebook post about unwrapping and we did not just, and we did do just that Christmas night, I just got finished listening to the podcast today. I wanted to let you know that we had the perfect getaway place over the holidays every night. We were given the travel trailer to sleep in while our son stayed in the house with G&G, cousins, aunts, and uncles, and dogs. So needless to say, we took advantage of the situation all four nights that we were away from home. There were some snide remarks made by family members, all of whom I think would benefit from listening to you if they'd have a change of heart. But we just smiled and let it go. Thanks again, and Happy New Year. That that rocks. It does. (laughs) I mean how beautiful that you get to be the ones. I mean, that's like having your own hotel room at a family vacation. Oh yeah. You know, and, and how wonderful that they didn't just be like, they weren't just like, well, you know what? We're just going to go to sleep. It was, no, this is an opportunity for us to connect in the midst of, you know, lots of family togetherness. Cause obviously there was a full house inside mm-hmm. and you know, that smile on your face every day, that is sometimes the only thing that gets you through the day. Yeah. That connection with your spouse and making that relationship a priority. 
Yeah. And just, you know, taking advantage of every opportunity that you have to connect, whether it's emotional intimacy, whether it's physical intimacy, whether it's recreational intimacy, any one of the six. But I think we've gotten so complacent in, in having our eyes open to those opportunities. We just, you know, we're so often like hamsters on the wheel where we're just spinning, spinning, spinning. We'd get up, do the same thing, get up, get do the same thing, get up, do the same thing, run, 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 run. And, and we forget that we have to look for those chances to sit and talk with our spouse, to go for a hike, to go, uh, you know, take advantage of the fact that the kids are asleep, the kids are watching cartoons. Let's have a quickie. Let's make love. Let's whatever it is. Yeah. We need to open our eyes because what happens is, and I'm going to share uh, this email that is being shared with permission from a listener. Uh, this is what happens when we're just kind of going through our routines. This is, this is the slippery slope. And she wrote, had you asked me if there were any problems in my marriage in 2008, I would have said no. Just everyday regular annoyances like any other marriage. It started innocent enough, doesn't it always? I decided in February of 2009 that, that was the year I was going to lose the weight I'd put on over the years. Didn't have a lot to lose, and I was doing a good job, but I was just slow going. Uh, a coworker that worked three offices down from me was also he came into my office and said that he noticed I had lost some weight. He told me that he too was trying to lose weight. He'd worked there for two offices and was just a couple offices down from mine. We never really talked other than work-related things, so I started telling him how I was doing it with both diet and exercise. I told him that what I was doing more than anything was walking. And he suggested that maybe we walk during our lunch hour around the complex. One trip around was almost exactly one mile. I talked to my husband about it. At the time, he worked in the same complex, and we usually had lunch together. We agreed that I would go ahead and walk one lap, and then we would continue to have lunch together, but we would shorten it slightly. During this time of us walking, we would be talking. In hindsight, we talked about things we should never have talked about, intimate things in both our marriages. He started complimenting me and encouraging me with my weight loss. I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Hmm. I told myself that it was okay because my husband knew about it. I wasn't going behind his back. Then we started chatting via Gmail in the evenings. He started complaining more and more about his wife, and again, I fell for it all. I was so naive. I thought I was helping him work through his issues with weight and giving him the woman's point of view for his marriage. Do you remember that scene in Fireproof where the husband goes into the hospital to talk to the doctor and tells him he knows what he's doing? Well, I didn't see what, I, what he was doing for months. Through this whole time, it never occurred to me, not once, that I was cheating on my husband. It never occurred to me that it would ever turn physical. Uh, I didn't want this man sexually. I wanted his attention. I did all the things you talked about in this podcast, though. I knew I was talking about things I shouldn't be with this coworker. I was jumpy and not wanting my husband to find out exactly how much we talked, chatted, and text. Mm. Little did I know that during this whole time, he was starting to suspect anyway. During this whole time, my sex life with my husband was better than ever. At the time, I told myself it was the benefit of getting into shape, having more energy, and liking the way I looked. That isn't all correct, but when I came to realize or, what I came to realize or admit was that I was taking the benefits of this coworker's affection and attention and even desire for me to my bedroom. I didn't fantasize over this guy. I honestly didn't want him sexually. I was always mentally with my husband, but that is the only time I was. Throughout the rest of the day, I would be thinking about this coworker. I gave him more time and energy that even, than he even realized. I was physically faithful, but not emotionally. It all changed when I came into work one day and he was there before me. 
I thought it was strange. I also thought it was strange that he only turned the lights on in his own office and not the rest of the building like I normally do. He came into my office and we started talking. He asked for a hug. That was a first. I am not a huggy person, or at least I wasn't at the time. I gave him a hug. Now, please don't understand. I have only had sex with one person, and I hadn't been in that awkward first kiss situation for a very long time, but I am not an idiot. I can tell he wanted me, and he wanted to kiss me. I pulled away from him and asked what he was doing. He said he wanted to know what it would be like to kiss me. That is when the whole... That is when the whole situation of what I was doing hit me like a ton of bricks. I told him I wasn't a cheater and I didn't think he was either. I told him all of this had to stop. No more walking, no more chatting, no more texting. If he wanted to be my friend, then it would be a work friend only. Literally two to three later, days later, my husband came to me and asked me if I was having an affair. Still unable to admit it to myself, I denied it. I told him that he had been inappropriate, but I had handled it and it was over. The damage was done. I asked my husband if he wanted to know what happened and he said no. We both felt the huge space growing between us. He told me he didn't trust me and kept swearing I d- and I kept swearing I did nothing wrong. He asked me what I was getting from this guy that I wasn't getting from him. I admitted then that I was an approval junkie. Through all these months of me losing weight, my husband only said, looking good, cutie. I told him I needed more than that. I needed to be noticed. I needed that emotional connection. Though I didn't really realize, though I didn't really say those words, that is what I was trying to say. Mm. They go on to, um, they had some other issues in their marriage and she said, what happened was that it, you know, this goes on through 2009 and 2010 and they both just were stuffing down everything that was going on in their, in their marriage. And so for over a year, for over a year, the, the situation itself had ended, but they were stuffing down the emotional pain. Mm -hmm. And she said, I finally came to terms and called the affair what it was. My husband finally asked me to tell him what had happened. I did tell him late one night, my husband told me that he loved me and he forgave me. He said he saw me as someone the guy used and tried to manipulate. I was not at a place to hear or time to hear that. I didn't blame this guy at all. I blamed myself only for being so dumb. Takes two to tango, right? I was just as much to blame as him. Even to this day, I don't know what to believe. I do not know if what he was doing was grooming me. What I do know is that it took a very long time to build the trust back up in my marriage. That night we talked was when it all started. In 2011 and 2012, we have worked very hard on communication and other aspects of our marriage. Listening to this podcast. Mm, hold on. That's what happens when you're scrolling and talking at the same time. Um, let's see. Listening to this podcast made everything bubble back up. And what I, what, while I believe that I had finally forgiven myself, I don't think I have yet. I wish I had found your podcast earlier. I love the idea from the top down. I love the six forms of intimacy. It's made me realize there's still lots of room for improvement and growth in my own marriage. Mm. We both fight going back to the old habits that found us where we were before. It gets easier as time goes by. I know in a lot of marriages, this would have ended our relationship. And I thank God this wasn't our marriage. And she and I had had some communication and she says at the very end, I guess what I would want people to know is that an emotional affair can be just can be and is just as damaging as a physical affair. Mm-hmm. I want people to understand that making the choice to put your attentions towards something or someone else is an affair. If you are not giving a hundred percent to your spouse, I now see that as an emotional affair. 
She says she dreams of the day when she can freely speak to her husband without hesitation as we talk to one another. It's easier than it was back when this all first started, but there are so many times when she fears telling him what she really thinks or feels, and she says she has no good reason to fear. He has shown me over and over again that he accepts me and loves me with all my faults and shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And she says, I love him more now than I did on the day we got married. This was... Um, this listener taking the time to write to us. And obviously, as you guys can tell, this was a, this was a long email, um, where she, you know, we're so privileged on a daily basis with the trust that you all give to us. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you as listeners are able to relate to us, are able to, to share those things that you haven't been able to share before. And, and, you know, this was such an encouraging message because her words of hope at the end, I'm sure there are a lot of you listening that can relate to the story. Yeah. You know, it seemed very innocent. I mean, she, you know, I love that she had actually talked to her husband before they, that she started walking with this guy because she wanted to keep it on the up and up. But you know what? Okay, you know, we usually have lunch, but, you know, he wants to lose weight. I want to lose weight. So we're, we're just going to walk. And, and then, you know, it just kept growing. Right. You know, and, and that's what happens so often. And we've done other shows on relationships and affairs and, you know, those other friendships. And, and you've heard me say before, don't be friends with members of the opposite sex. You know, and I, and I have taken flack for it because some of you work in, in industries where it's very dominated by the opposite sex. I've been there. Uh, you know, I, I've been telling the story a lot when I, gosh, we'd probably four years married, yep. three years married. Three. And I went to work as a sales rep for a company where there were roughly a hundred sales reps. Three of us were women. The only other women in the company were the admin. Yeah. So at lunch, who do you go hang out with? You go and hang out with your peers. You go and hang out with the other sales guys. Literally. Yep. Dangerous. I am so lucky my marriage did not get burned. Because of where we were in our marriage, we were not in a good place. We yeah. weren't really communicating with one another. And I was hanging out during my awake hours with all these guys. Mm-hmm. And I know that you guys work in, some of you work in industries that are heavily dominated by the opposite sex. You have got to put boundaries around your marriage. Mm-hmm. You have got to make decisions to a fair proof your marriage because it starts just like the slippery slope did. You know, most people don't you know, wake up one morning and say, okay, today's the day I'm going to go find someone to have an affair. No, it starts out because guess what? She needed a little more attention. She couldn't verbalize that to her husband, but when she started getting it from this other guy, it felt really good. Somebody was paying attention to her. Right. Somebody was telling her as she was going through this weight loss, wow, you look good. You know, keep it up. I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. Same time. We'll we'll go walk. And she started sharing intimate details. That's where it starts. I mean, that's a big one, folks. You get you get to this point where you're sharing those intimate details. You've crossed the line big time, big time, and you, you need to check yourself. I know the feelings that you're probably starting to get inside of you, and it could be heck. It could be over chatting on Facebook with somebody 
and, and I know this firsthand from, and I'm, and I'm going to go back some years when we didn't have Facebook or anything, but we had forums. And when I was heavy into my pornography addiction, where I would be in these forums and talking to people and getting that, that intimate, you know, emotional intimacy met in these forums. It's a bad place to be. And you know what? I didn't see it for what it was. I didn't have somebody speaking truth to me back then, you know? And so what I would say to you now is that I understand what you're going through because I've been there. I felt those feelings, but your first priority is your spouse. And one, one thing I've heard time and time again is from people is like, well, I don't want to hurt this other person's feelings. Well, guess what? I don't care about that person's feelings. You have made a commitment. You've made a vow to your spouse, the person that you lay next to. And that's, you, that's the number one way to affair-proof your marriage. You have got to honor that vow. Yes. Your word has got to be, your word and your actions have to match up to what you said on the day that you said, I will love, honor, and cherish you forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're in one right now and you're you're going, oh man, I don't want to want to hurt this person's feeling, this guy or this gal's feeling, hurt their feelings, hurt them. It's okay. You need to run as far away as you can. You need to change your phone number if that's what ha- needs to happen. You need to unfriend them. You need to get away. You need to run. And I'm not kidding. And if you think that your spouse is doing like this, you need to confront them. You know, stop tiptoeing around each other, folks. This is scary stuff, and it's going to lead to bad things. Well, and one of the things the listener shares with us is that her husband was suspecting. Oh, yeah. See, here's the thing, and I, I don't know if I've said this before. Uh, if you're having an affair, if you're thinking of having an affair, if you're in the middle of it, if you're dabbling in it, whatever, you are going to get caught. You're going to. Mm-hmm. Five-star generals cannot keep their affairs out of the news and from being leaked. There is nothing that can protect you. There will be a paper trail. There will be an electronic tra- trail. There will be receipts. There will be text messages. There will be email messages. There will be something. You have to acknowledge the fact that you will get caught. Yeah, and for those of you who um, want a little tip, I'll, I'll, I'll share this one with you. Watch out for ATM withdrawals or extra withdrawals at, at um, the, grocery store. the grocery store, Walmart, Target, whenever you can grab cash. It's the cash back on your ATM. Exactly. That is a little tip. If you're wondering where some cash is going, that is a sign that an affair is happening. And that's just a little tip. Now, that doesn't mean it's always the case, but if it becomes a consistent... Because I know growing up, my dad always took out an extra, like we'd go to the grocery store and he'd take out an extra 20. It's when you start seeing the large repetitive withdrawals and you're wondering why is our budget shot every month? That is, that is an indicator. Yes. That is an indicator. You You have to be aware too of the danger zones. Where are places, you know, if Facebook, if, if you're friending people on Facebook, we've talked about Facebook before. You know, if, if you're friending an ex on Facebook, you and your spouse better both be friends with that person. If you're friending people from your past, 
which let's face it, for the most part, Facebook is, you know, people from our past, you have got to put up safe boundaries around there. Right. You know, there are very few, with the exception of, you know, some of Tony's high school friends, there are very few people that we're friends with on Facebook that we're not both friends with. Mm-hmm. I'm not friends with all the girls you went to high school with that I know you're friends with or that have found us on one. Right, right. You know, I mean, that's just, I, I don't need to be, but there, I, I'm not, that's not a relationship that I'm concerned about. Right. Uh, if there's ever, you know, like for me, I don't friend any of the guys I ever had a crush on. If I, if I can look back and, you know, like checking out their picture does anything for me, you know what? That's not somebody I need to friend. Right. And if you're in a work environment and, you know, you have somebody who is paying a lot of attention to you, you need to realize what's going on here. So, you need to build up that boundary. I understand it's a, it's a working environment, but you spend the time you have to, and that's it. You don't go deep into what's happening in your marriage, and if they start going deep into what's going on in their marriage, you just nicely go, hey, you know what? I don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know what? I just I don't get into those types of details. I, I apologize. I'm sorry, but I just don't because... I honor my husband or I honor my I honor my wife in this way. People will respect you when you say that sort of stuff. I know it's hard because it's so against what our societal norm will do. Oh, sure, because our society says, oh, well, if we're talk- talking about spouses, here, I'll, I'll see you one and I'll raise you one. Right, and so walk away from that sort of stuff. Danger zones, you know, for, for many of you, it may be pornography, mm-hmm. you know, that is a form of infidelity. Um, it can become emotional, especially if you start getting into those chat rooms like I did in the past. It's time to find ways to get away from that. Find, you know, X3 Pures, X3Pure.com is something that we really love and, and, and dig because of the 30-day program it, hel- it has to help men, women, couples get through pornography addiction. No, I was just going to say, you know, one of the websites that I was tooling around on, you know, really talked about the fact that the emotional affair now, I think they called it the new infidelity uh, because it is becoming so prevalent. You know, it's, it's almost, I won't say it's overtaking the physical affair, but it's so easy to get involved in these emotional affairs. Right. It is so easy because through, through all of the media, the, the technology sources that we have, you can be texting, you can be, you know, tweeting. You, I mean, everything that plugs us into our world is a tool to further an affair. Mm-hmm. And so you have to decide, you know, is your marriage the priority here? Do you have a vision for this relationship for the two of you? Do you see yourself, you know, Tony and I talk all the time about what our life is going to look like five years down the road, 10 years down the road, when the kids leave the house, you know, we've started, ha- we've started having those conversations because we have to have a vision. You know, I have to see myself growing old with this guy. I hope it's a good vision. It is. It is. A, it's a great vision. But what I'm saying is even we, when we have our tough times, we have our tough times and, and you know, we'd be lying if we said we didn't, but I see myself, you know, you guys have seen that picture that goes around the internet every once in a while or on Facebook or Pinterest, you know, the old couple tottering down the, you know, the road holding hands. I mean, that's what I see. 
he'll probably be pushing me up a hill hiking, but you know, same idea. You know, I, I see that vision. I see us growing all together. And because I have that vision, it colors the decisions that I make now because I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm going to jeopardize that vision. Right. And I think a lot of us stop casting visions because again, we get caught up in that hamster wheel and you know, we forget that we create our reality. You know, it's like having a vision board. If you want to go, you know, it's the beginning of the year, go and create a vision board for your marriage. Find pictures, find words, find those meaningful, uh, tangible items that you can stick up on a board and say, you know what, this is what our marriage is going to look like in 2013. Or this is our five-year vision board. You know, we want to go to Paris or we want to, we want to bike across America or we want to, you know, spend vacations in Hawaii, whatever it is. Cast that vision together. And the only way you're going to cast that vision, folks, is if you talk to one another. Yeah. You have to talk to one another and you have to spend time together. And those two things alone will protect your marriage. Well, it's, it's showing each other that you make your marriage a priority. And that's important. And by being able to do something like what Elisa said, doing that vision board, talking about those dreams, live from a place of, of, of abundance. You know, I was listening to someone just the other day who said that, you know, live from a place of abundance. You know, let God's glory fill you up. And, and instead, you know, and I do this a lot, man. I'm always living from a place of like, we don't have enough. And really, in all honesty, I mean, Elisa and I were looking over, talking about our financials after the Christmas season and, and how did we do? Okay. For anybody that's listened to us for a year, you have to tell them the difference between our conversations this January. This is a complete aside, folks. But if you listen to any of the episodes from January 2012, okay. tell them how it's different this year. Oh, it's much different because I asked Elisa, and, and I will have to say this. When I brought it up, I was a bit tentative, and I'd waited probably a day or two longer than I should have because, again, I remember last year, and last year was not a good year. And so I was tentative. And even though Elisa and I talk as much as we do, I still sat there and said, all right, do I need to really bring this up? It seems like everything's okay no big deal, you know, and, and then I just, and I just, you know, finally, you know, you, you have to go for it and no matter what was going to come out of her mouth, good or bad, I, my thing was, I'm going to just love her. I'm going to love her. We're going to work through whatever issues we may, what may come up. And so I, I posed the question, Hey, you know, how did we do with Christmas this year? How did it go? And you know, her, her reply was, you know what? We did well. We, we did under budget, you know, we didn't go crazy. And so, you know, there's one of those situations where in the past we had had issues. We had hit the over budgeting and ending up short. Overspending, spending, not over budgeting. Oh, oh, yeah. Overspending. <laughs> and, you know, that was something that happened 12 months ago. But still, you know, I knew about it. It it still affected me and it caused me to rethink myself if I should even bring this up. And I'm happy I did because it, it led to a great conversation of, you know what? In this past year, 
every single time that we've had issues or something came up, God always provided. And it went from this conversation of where I was a little scared to even bring it up to a conversation of looking at God and going, look how he provided for us this year. And look what he's already doing for us this year and where we're heading. And we want to live in this, this place of abundance, you know, where we can go, this is how he wants you out there to live. And that's the thing. You have to make the time to have those conversations and you have to be willing to step out into those tough conversations. Right. And it may be right now, you're, you know, your spouse is going down a slippery slope. You know it. You, you sense it. Just like our emailer said, her husband knew. Her husband sensed it. It may take you something to go, hey, and, and I know you don't want to get into a big old blowout fight. I understand it. Come from a place of a servant lover. What is happening right now in your life that is taking you away from our marriage? Mm-hmm. You're, you're asking a question. What is it that's going on in your life right now? Because I sense that you're, you're, you're pulling away. Talk to me. Let me know. Don't come from a point of pointing fingers and and being very defensive. Come from an offensive point of view. What is it that is going on in your life right now that is pulling you away from our marriage? Let them speak. Listen to them at that time. Find out what's going on. I know it's tough. I know it is because it's it, you're you're ready for the rejection and you're feeling the pain, but. If you don't find out what is truly going on, you're gonna have it's gonna happen with this couple. They just shoved everything down, mm-hmm. and that doesn't do either of you any good. So try to get those questions answered. And when that spouse of yours answers and goes, you know what? I just want more affection from you. I want more verbal affection from you. Okay, what is it about verbal affection that helps you in our marriage? You know, what is it about it? What type of words do you want me to say? Listen, I know it's tough. And this doesn't have to be some drawn out thing. A lot of times for Elise and I, you know, our talks are happening after we read Jesus calling and we're just lying in bed together. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just, that's our time to chat. We found that to be a very wonderful place for us because we're both just sort of in a, a nice area in our lives. And it may be for you, if you're dealing with some of these, you know, if you are going down that slippery slope or your spouses, these are going to be much bigger conversations. These are going to be the ones that are going to need to have time set aside for them. And very much like I've been working on teaching our son how to have a conversation. You know, I realized as I was talking to him yesterday and over the last couple of days, because he's just, you know, he's in the grips of, you know, prepubescent emotional all over the place. And so I'm, I'm working on getting him to learn how to communicate without, like he was talking to his dad the other day and he got mad. So he just hung up the phone mm-hmm. and, you know, so having the conversation that hanging up the phone on someone really doesn't solve anything. In fact, it probably exacerbates the problem. And so what I was sharing with him is, you know, if you find yourself getting to that place and you all know what I'm talking about, where you start to feel your insides just, tighten up and you're like, all right, I'm about to unleash on this person, then you need to do what I told my son to do. You need to say, you know what? I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose control. I'm about to get really 
upset and I don't want to unleash this on you. I need some time to, to just refocus my energies. Mm-hmm. Because what I explained to this child is that it is so much better for you to walk away in that moment with the words, I need to collect myself, than it is for you to unleash a torrent of emotion on somebody. Right. So, you know, take the same idea that I gave to my son and use it in your relationships. It's our state of our marriage talk. It's state of the marriage. It's, it is not screaming and pointing fingers. It is saying, you know what? We need to discuss this situation and I'm going to do so as calmly as I can. And if I start to lose my calm, I'm going to tell you. And I will let you know right now, if you hear the words from your spouse, I need a little time to collect myself. Do not badger them into staying in the conversation at that moment. Yeah. Let them walk away. You collect your thoughts. Let them collect their thoughts because nothing good will come of badgering them into staying in the conversation in that moment when they have told you they think they're going to lose it. Right. Nothing, nothing good. If it was like our marriage, it was shut down time. And no matter what I would say, no matter what I would do, no matter how angry I would get, and I would get pretty angry, no matter how much I would throw things around or what would happen. You never threw stuff around. Um, no, you never. I never threw stuff? No. Right. You might have thought about it. Okay. <laughs> but no matter what would happen, Elisa wasn't going to open up. You know, she just wasn't going to open up. And so it did us no good. It did me no good to just continue to badger her and badger her and badger her. And, and it took me a long time to learn that. It did. And so if that's where you're at, hey, just go time out. All right. Let's get our cool. Let's, let's figure this out. What are pressing questions? Again, communication doesn't have to be just verbal. Right. If, if they're pressing questions and you have them and you guys can't talk to them, talk to each other without getting to this blow up, write down two questions that need to be answered. Write down one question that really needs to be answered and let your spouse write it out. That might be the way that your spouse is, is able to verbally, you know, not verbally, but a way for them to communicate, communicate and it allows them to do that. And, and that's the thing. The, the communication piece and the time, you know, make time to do things in your marriage, make time for one another, communicate with one another, and and don't forget to keep your sex life alive. You know, so many of us, whether physical touches our love language or not, we crave that physical connection with our spouse. Yeah. And, and I see it because, you know, again, it's amazing to me as I, as my eyes are opened, how much, I see we can learn from our kids. My kids want to be hugged and touched. And, you know, the, the joke now in our family is that, you know, I kiss too much. You know, and it started because one day Abby was in our bed and she's like, oh, you kiss me too much. And it reminded me of all those Pinterest things where I said, you know, that ends with said no child ever or said no spouse ever, you know, that type of thing. Because that's the reality. Our, our kids get it. And then we grow up and we think, oh, I don't need all this. We still need to be touched. We need to spend time with. We need to communicate with. You want to affair-proof your marriage? Start with spending time with your spouse. Keep the lines of communication open and stay physically connected with them. Mm-hmm. You, you invest the time in those things. And if they're investing the time, again, you both have to be giving 100% to your marriage. This is not a 50-50 thing. 
because that means you've got room to give 50% to somebody else. You need to give 100% of your, of yourself to your husband or wife. Mm-hmm. You need to keep these lines of communication open. You need to sit down and you need to have the tough talks when they come up. Cause I know even though Tony called me over the phone to talk about the budget, I know his hands were sweating. He was probably doing the, he does this. You guys will see once we bring, start bringing video into the podcast, he does this thing with his hands when he gets nervous. Um, and I knew that was happening because it does when we get nervous, everybody's got their own nervous twitches, quirks, whatever. The reality is, is that you can protect your marriage. And just like this couple did, you can bring your marriage back from an affair. It will take you time. It will take a lot of heartache, but it's not impossible. They are doing it. Her husband has forgiven her. And as she said in that follow-up where, you know, I was reading what she wants everybody to know, her husband loves her Mm -hmm. and she knows that. And she can honestly say now that she loves him more now than on the day they got married because she knows she is loved in spite of everything that she has done. Mm -hmm. Her hardest part right now is forgiving herself, but he has forgiven her and you can climb back up from that slippery slope. You can make the changes in your marriage today to halt that slide. You have to make that decision now. Yep. You can do it, folks. You can do it. You have to make a choice, and we all are given that choice. So if you're in a slippery slope right now, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray that your eyes are opened, that you heard the words that you need to hear, and that you get away, that you run fast. And for those spouses who know something might be going on, we pray that you have the time, the gumptions to address your spouse, to talk to them, to bring up what's going on. Because you know what? It's worth fighting for. That wife, that husband of yours, they're worth fighting for. And so this week, today, whenever you're listening to this, take that time and fight for your spouse. You guys have a fantastic week. We love you and we'll catch you next week.